Welcome everybody to the Magic Beans Podcast. We are back again for episode 16 and we're glad that you could join us. I am your host and my name is Shorty and I'm joined by a couple of beans on the line tonight. We have Scott the Blaster Boy. How are you going, Scott? Good evening all. Yeah, that's good to hear that you're doing all right. Yeah, well, <laughs> in answer to your question, I'm doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> Just ignore my question, that's fine. <laughs> we also have Cracker. Here you go, Cracker. I'm really good, man. I'm really good. <laughs> oh, good, good. You you respond to my questions. That's nice. <laughs> I honestly thought about just saying in. nothing. <laughs> just letting yeah, it drag yeah, out. That would be great. 16 episodes in and we're finally falling to pieces. So it's taken a while, but uh, we've managed to get to the point where we can just make jokes in our intro. So that's the signs <laughs> of a good, long-lasting podcast. That's a vintage <laughs> podcast right there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just just a few of us here tonight. Uh, the other boys are all busy, so but we will have plenty of good content for you. And this will likely be our last episode, or it will be our last episode for the year. So yeah, we thought we'd have a bit of a chat about what's happened this year and and how we've enjoyed our time playing Magic, uh, all the different things that have been going on throughout the year, and uh, do a little bit of a review and and maybe a little bit a little bit of a look forward to what's coming up in 2020. So. As we do with most episodes, we're going to start it off with our Blaster Watch. So, Scott, what have you been up to? Have you have you actually played any Magic in the last couple of weeks? Uh, yeah, I've played a little bit. Um, I'm still working on my um, Shorty Hates Me deck that you, that you created for me. <laughs> the the Mono uh, Blue, yes. The Mono Blue Tempo, yes. And uh, the success rate with that on Arena uh, has been about 50-50, probably more so, more okay. losses than, than wins. But, um, but I, and I'm still getting used to that particular deck. Um, but then when it's like I said last podcast, when I get sick and tired of losing on that deck, I always switch across to my red deck. And <laughs> so, you know, but are you winning with the red deck? That's I am. The my, my success rate's around ninety percent with that one, and that's probably okay, right. Trading. It's not as high as ninety, but uh, <laughs> but it's certainly higher than my blue tempo deck. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, with that in mind, I actually um, I've virtually got all of my uh, cardboard versions of the deck together now. So. Uh, yeah, I'm, looking, nice. I'm looking forward to Christmas playing against you, um, getting you to show me all the things I'm doing wrong with the blue deck. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will, we will be catching up on Christmas Day. So, yeah, Scott and I will, will hopefully spend a good couple of hours playing some real-life paper magic, which which should be good fun. Mm, yeah, so that'll, that'll be nice and hopefully we won't get too told off by all the relatives. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> my wife's yeah. taking her, uh, her Oculus Quest with her, so we're hoping to distract everyone else with that. Or we go off and play some magic. Yeah, nice. So that's, that's the plan. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so apart from that, just playing whenever I can. Um, I do want to give a, a bit of a shout-out, though. Um, I think Shorty mentioned these guys uh, uh, from his mogul experiences, um, MTG Card Sales. Um, they're an Australian-based online. Uh, you, you can buy some cards through them, and they're based in Queensland. Uh, the guy there, he's Oliver, which is, I think, Shorty also spoken to Oliver before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was on the ladder and made it into the top eight for the uh, the Mogul Championship. Oh, good. Because, yeah, he's the one I've been dealing with as far as buying my blue and red decks, my cardboard versions. Um, and I just wanted to say that the the service that I had with these guys were, were top-notch. Like, Oliver's communication was brilliant. Um, it was the, the, the speed in which I got the cars was very quick. Um, I really can't complain. And to the point where he actually emailed me at one point because there was one card, it was a Tim Dodger, um, wasn't in stock. It was showed on his website when I went to order it, but he couldn't find it. So he just let me know, hey, look, I can't get this card, but I'm going to refund you 
Uh, it was only dollar fifty-five, but he, he refunded it to me without any problems at all, yeah. um, which I thought was you know great customer service. Um, and so I sort of let him know that really happy with um, with the experience that I had with them, and I'll, I'll be continuing to use them. And uh, just today, I've been having a chat to him, and I didn't tell you guys this, but he's actually offered a discount code to all of our listeners going forward. Oh, really? What? Okay. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah, it is, isn't it? So, oh, um, we big time now, boys. <laughs> yeah, my wife was pretty impressed because it's pretty good. So, um, I don't know, when we, when we do the, the notes, uh, we'll, we'll make sure we put this in the notes for everyone. But uh, if anyone's listening um, I, and, and, and they're in Australia and they'd like to get their cards online, I highly recommend these guys. And the code is BEANS15. And that'll get you a fifteen percent discount on any purchases that you make online. Unreal. So, nice. Do we do we have to now say hashtag sponsored? <laughs> well, yeah, we're not we're not effectively sponsored. That's a, that's so. a first for the cast. <laughs> that's a first, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I just want a, a big shout out to Oliver and um, and MTG Cards Online. Uh, they've just they've been great with me, and I'll continue to use them. So, hopefully, some of our other listeners will be able to take advantage of that uh, discount code and and um, experience the same thing I got as far as service so very very good very happy that's that's the the last couple of weeks but we actually kind of wanted to do a bit of a year in review and this this year is the first year for a while that you've really been back into magic in in a big way and and you were the one that actually kicked kicked us off with this podcast uh so we've been going on this for we we looked it up before because no one could remember but we started in july (laughs) we've been going for so long so so (laughs) many episodes it's just it's you know we're basically lr at this point (laughs) (laughs) um but how, how have you enjoyed like getting like really deep into this as a hobby I've really enjoyed it. I don't, I, I'm trying to think back now what actually prompted me to sort of push for the podcast to start. I knew that it was a game that I wanted to get back into and, and I knew as a new player with very little experience that I had a wealth of sort of information around me with you guys. Um, so getting the podcast together just seemed to make natural sense for me. But having you guys around has also pushed me into doing things that I would not have normally have done, like in the past, if we'd been looking, say, this time last year, I probably would have said, oh, yeah, I'm going to play a bit of Magic, and I would have done it for a few weeks and, and then just stopped, and then that would have been it and re- probably repeat, rinse and repeat again a year later. Yeah. But this year, um, because I, I I had that drive to start and then you guys kept pushing it, um, I just kept enjoying it. I guess kept staying with it. So, um, yeah, for the last the last six or seven months has been great. I've learned so much more than I thought I would learn. Um well, actually, no, it's not. I, I thought I would learn something from you guys. But, uh, <laughs> well, uh, <me. laughs> I, just, I just realized how insulting that might actually sound. <laughs> but, um, but no, I, always, I, I didn't think that I would take the knowledge in as, as much as I have. And there's still so much for me to learn. Um, <laughs> and there's just like, like I, I no longer um, go into my next turn without, you know, upwriting all my mana cards. I, I, I do that now. <laughs> It's called uh, unt- untapping. Untapping is, oh, okay. Yeah, still I still haven't learned that. No, it's just terminology thing is nothing to me. Yeah, but, yeah um, that's fine. But no, yeah. I mean it's it's the basics, the basic mechanics that I've, I've learned a lot more than I because I, I, I thought I knew it. I thought oh, yeah, basic mechanics, no big deal. But no, I'm I've made a lot of mistakes over the last uh, first first of all the last three months. Um, but yeah, yeah that's, so that's kind of one of the things with magic is it it is a game that and we're sort of discussing this a little bit precast that. The majority of players are casual players that are, are what uh, Wizards calls kitchen kitchen table players. They're they're people that just play casually at home, 
and you can play Magic casually at home and not really know all the rules and still play a really cool game. It's just a really fun game. Even if you don't understand all the intricacies and, and all the phases in that uh, happen through the combat step um, and, and how priority works and how the stack works and all these sorts of really complicated things, you can actually just play a really basic version of it and it's just fun. And, mm. and I think that's why it's been such a popular game. Yeah. But if you've got that little bit of a competitive drive, you can just keep delving deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into the game until you're getting into all sorts of theory stuff that is well beyond my capabilities of how my brain works. But it's there. It's there for you. It's it's yeah, it's a very complicated game. Hey, yeah. six months ago, you would never have got me playing a blue mana deck. No way. <laughs> and, uh, and here I am. You know, One of Countering <laughs> spells and having fun doing it. Yeah. Uh, uh, passing your turn with all your mana untapped. Uh, the next will be a black deck, and then I really know that I've hit, hit the bottom. So. Well, there we go. There's a cha- whoa, challenge whoa, for the whoa. new no, no, no. Sorry, that, that, that was a dig. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. That's that's fine, Scott. We'll get you to the dark side yet. Yeah, that will happen. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I've, I've enjoyed myself. So, um, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about bandings. Um, sure. Uh, so, I don't know if you want to talk about that now as well. I can give you my opinion on that. But, um, yeah, we we just sort of thought like uh, one of the th- one of the biggest things this year. It's it's been a massive year for bannings, and we've spoken about it. I don't even know how many times on this more podcast. More times than either. we ever hope to. Yeah, yeah, and like either speculating on what's going to get banned or actually talking about the banned list. And and we had again this week. We had another ban and restricted announcement uh, for Pioneer, which we kind of expected with being the new format and with them doing banned lists every week. That was kind of expected, but. Yep, surprise, surprise, Oko, everybody's favourite elk person, uh, and Nexus of Fate, everybody's favourite instant speed, take an extra turn card, uh, were both banned in Pioneer. So, we, yeah, we just sort of thought, like, how, is, how has that impacted people's views on this year of Magic? Because sort of going through the, the cards that have been banned this year, most of the cards that have been banned this year are from brand new cards that have just recently been printed, and almost all of them are green. And Wizards sort of came out in one of their articles and said that they really pushed these last couple of sets. But have they gone too far, or like what? What can we expect going forward? Is it just going to be the norm that we're going to have bannings all the time? And and then sort of how does that affect someone like you, Scott? A, a bit more of a casual player when you hear about things like bannings all the time you know does that make you not want to play the game or not want to buy cards so what what do you think like overall in terms of this many bannings for the year uh having this many is a little bit concerning um i think anyone would be a bit concerned about that many that we've seen especially in, a, in this set um from but my perspective as far as me playing the game and i'll continue to buy Every time a set comes out, I'll, I'll buy a booster box and I'll buy, uh, what, what are they called now? I guess Bun- these bundles. Fat packs, bundles, yeah. Yep. I'll, I'll buy a bundle and I'll buy a, a booster box and I'll continue to do that. Although even nowadays, I don't even know if I'll buy a bundle anymore because they used to come with a book and from what I gather, they, they don't anymore. So I can't <laughs> they, really they see used the to point. also come the box that they, this is one of my most annoying things at the moment the box that they come with that on the side of the box it says what set it's from on the end of the box it used to have the set name and the logo 
And for some reason, the last like four or five sets, that's just blank on the end of the box. So in my cupboard, I've got all these boxes all neatly stacked all up together. And there's about five of them that have nothing on the end. So I can't tell what set they're from. It's really annoying. I don't understand yeah. why they've done that. Well, yeah. and, and That's, that's my review that? on 2019. <laughs> Put <Yeah>. the logos <laughs> back on the bundle boxes. <laughs> hey, but they did bring friends list back in. They, they did. They, well, I mean, yeah. they brought it. They brought that in. And Sur- surprise, so surprise. Yeah, friends yeah. list came out of nowhere on Arena. Yeah, now, now just need I mean, to have some friends. It came out of the I'll dark right. ages is where that came from, Shorty. It's uh... yeah. <laughs> There's but, these things called friends. Hmm. Yeah. I, think, I think I've added you guys and that's about it. So, it's a, it's a very poor looking friends list at the moment. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as the, the bannings are concerned, it's had no impact on the way I'll continue to buy the cards. Uh, and that's primarily because I don't, I'm not as competitive as, as you guys would be or other people out there. So I'm not focused on these decks that have the really expensive cards. I mean, that said, if, if I went and they went and banned, um, what's that card of that I haven't owned it because it's such a brazen borrower. Yep. I mean, that's, that's like $60 at the moment a card and I need four of those. So. Yeah. Um, I'd be pretty disappointed if that, particularly because that's going to be, that's my standard blue deck. If yeah. they went and banned a card like that. Um, yeah. So, f- like, for you, you're, you you predominantly play on Arena um, and you're only, you know, you've played a couple of small tournaments this year in paper and you've just sort of started to put together some paper decks for, you know, the, the Christmas break. But predominantly you're playing on Arena. Does it enter into your mind when you build a deck on Arena that cards may get banned from, from that deck? You know, you're spending your wild cards to get these cards is that something you even consider um it probably will later on as i start to expand into more colors and start to expand into more probably multicolored decks because uh, at the moment the the two types of decks i've been playing the cards that are in those two decks have never even been mentioned as possible games yeah. yeah. um but talking to you guys looking at what's going on twitter seeing what magic are putting out on the, their website you get to know what sort of cards because the card, these certain cards keep getting brought up over and over again. You think, oh, okay, there's a little bit of a, a warning sign around those ones. At the moment, no, it's not having any impact on me at all in Arena, um, but it might further down the track, you know, when I start to sort of delve into different different decks and, and specialising in some of these more competitive decks. At the moment, I'm not really, I'm just focused more on decks that I like playing on more themey that sort of stuff. So usually the cards that are in those decks aren't on their, their hit list. Um, but then at the same time, don't Arena then reimburse you wild cards if, if it, like when Oko was banned? Didn't, yeah, um, they do. Yeah, so there is that as well. You, you, know, you might infect, waste a wild card creating it, but you will get reimbursed for it. Um, yeah, it I think the, the issue on Arena, so yeah, if they ban a card on Arena, they will generally refund you the wild cards for those those cards, which is nice. That's not something they do in paper. The issue is that they ban a card out of a deck and that whole deck then falls apart and it's no longer a viable deck. So it's yeah, you get, you know, four wild cards back for that that rare that you'd crafted, but all the Your rest of the cards that you you had to craft to to get that deck going, they're now useless. So yeah, that's something that I certainly think about in uh, when I'm looking at decks to build, you know, is is this going to be potentially banned and, and am I going to waste all my my precious wild cards on, on this sort of thing? Yeah. 
See, I don't, I don't have that problem at the moment. The only positive for me has been that I don't have to see Oko popping up all the time, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and I'm glad for that. <laughs> yeah. but, but it doesn't take long before there's other cards that do pop up that start to annoy you just as much, and it's the food tokens and the Gilded Goose. Is it Gilded Goose? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gilded Goose. Yeah, those cards, they're the ones that annoy me at the moment, but, um, but yeah, I don't have to worry about Oko anymore, which is good. Yeah, so for like a, a more competitive player like myself and, and Cracker, who like we would both consider ourselves competitive, we don't actually play in paper almost ever. <laughs> yeah. So. so, yeah, the bannings are a bit annoying, but they don't really affect us all that much. And this is it's it's something that when you when you look at uh, magic media in terms of podcasts and websites and things like that, the people that are looking at, at those sorts of things and listening to those podcasts are generally the more competitive players. The competitive scene in magic is actually like a really small part of it. We we're sort of talking about that prior to the podcast that the largest portion of magic players are casual kitchen tabletop players and commander players who bannings very rarely affect commander players. But all you ever see is the social media from the com- competitive players who are complaining about this card and that card and we want this banned and we don't want this banned and I can't believe they didn't ban that card and that sort of stuff. So, it's it's a really interesting uh, dichotomy. I don't know if that's yeah. the right word. <laughs> sure. Like, let's say that word and sound like I'm fancy. Yeah, in, in uh, what we see versus what's actually in reality and and what i guess from wizards point of view they sort of have to care about it's it's that vocal minority that that's always getting up in arms about about their cards so but i think in reality it, it probably doesn't affect most people and, and that's the situation that i'm in yeah I, I it's probably the same for you cracker and, and yeah, same so for you, scott when i started learning magic i learned magic i didn't learn Modern Formats or standard, and and, and like yep. if you if you talk to probably like eighty percent of the player base, you'd be like, oh, what do you play? And they go, oh, magic. And you're like, oh, cool. What format? And like the magic. The, the cards. <laughs> what I've what got. are you talking about? I've got <laughs> I've got like these cards. I've been like changing things because oh, I buy a booster pack every three months or whatever. Not even a box, just like a couple of random packs, right? And that's kind of how a lot of that goes. So y- you're right. It is very much the whole vocal minority, but at the same time, wizards needs to assuage their anxieties about things and yeah. like, they are trying to keep balancing and you know there's there's the whole thing about the the promotional tour right and you know these giant arena events that they run where it's marketing right that's the whole point of what they're doing here is they're trying to make it exciting and interesting and sure they're happy to like pay people to come and do well at tournaments because you know that um fuels that whole content creation side um you know, and and the competitive side, but it's it's also just a big marketing machine, right? They're just yeah. trying to sell as many packs as they can. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to play kitchen table magic, play whatever you want. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, yep, just exactly. have fun with it, right? That's yep. that's one thing that feels like it gets lost a little bit sometimes, particularly if you if you spend any time on. No, I mean, don't go to Reddit and look at magic. That's just a bad <laughs> no, idea. I never look at Reddit. <laughs> I've, I've done it a couple of times and just regretted it for days. So, you know, it's just- uh, but, but Twitter as well. Yeah, it's just, you know, they, we were talking before the cast about how it's just, it's cool to be negative, unfortunately, these days. You know, it's just, uh, it's the default position for everyone is to just disagree and rant and rave about stuff. So, it's. I'm really glad that you've had an awesome time, man, this year. And it's it's been really fun for me to be excited with your excitement and like help you learn things and like show you things and just like 
being involved with someone who's kind of viewing it from a whole different side. Whereas like when, when you talk to, when I'm talking like Chewy and Shorty and, and, and Chris, right. We're talking about the meta game and like you, you, you're talking about like the last couple of slots in a, a modern deck that you're thinking about playing. And it's just like, you get really bogged down into these tiny little things and you forget that like this game is just the best. Like it's just so much fun. And you've really brought that back. It's just like, I just cast a bunch of one drops and attack and then this thing shoots fireballs <laughs> across the screen and it pings them in the face. And yes. we're all just going, this is so good. Like, so it's been really awesome for, for me to both like have this cast to talk to you all the time and just like get excited about how fun the game actually is again. Yeah. I, I think, think if, if we're giving out end of year awards, I think yeah. giving out an award for play the game for me was that game many months ago when I saw all those fireballs come out of the cavalcade for the first time and thought, yeah, I'm enjoying this. Your life was changed. <laughs> it was changed forever. And Arena's helped with that, right? Like it has, it's, yeah. it, it's, yeah. it's an amazing um, program for that. Yeah, I, I, could, I couldn't imagine doing what we're doing now and only ever either playing in person or only playing on Magic Online. It, we just would we would have lost interest. <laughs> Scott yeah, definitely absolutely. would have lost interest a while ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we would have said, all right, Scott, we're going to launch Microsoft Excel. I mean, Magic Online. And uh, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're going to play some Magic. And yeah. uh, no, you clicked wrong. You lost the game. <laughs> yeah. you, you would have heard the front door and that would have been it. So. <laughs> yeah, basically. But yeah, if it hadn't yeah. been for Arena, what we wouldn't have, I mean, we've got Chewy doing YouTube all the time when it comes to Arena. Yeah, uh, he's. We're using Arena now in on Twitch. We've got a Twitch channel set up now. We couldn't do all that without Arena giving us that flexibility. Yeah, I um, mean the, the Mogul tournament that I got to play in. Yeah, that would not have existed without Arena. There's, there's yeah, a whole bunch exactly. of those things that are, that have all come about because of Arena, and it's it's only getting better and better. And now with good. the friends list, well, <laughs> the other, <laughs> the other card game that won't be named, we probably <laughs> just, just destroyed that. <laughs> yeah. We're esports now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, I think, we're well into it. I think one of the things that I've sort of enjoyed with the cast, and it's like when we sort of first set out, and I think we mentioned it a fair bit over our first couple of episodes, was we had a whole list of topics that we wanted to go through that were, <laughs> t- I guess, teaching topics for, for you, Scott, um, you know, topics- ranging from basic, intermediate to to advanced topics of magic, that the intention was that we would go through those topics to teach you, um, which we started off doing and then we had a whole bunch of Mythic Championships all in a row and we've kind of got sidetracked. So, we'll, we'll definitely be getting back on to that um, it's next year. It's a pile of shame really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> I did look at it today at least. Yeah, I did. So yeah, did yeah. I and thought, gee, that's a lot of stuff we haven't talked about. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's That's next year. But- what, what I like with that, like what with my job, like what I actually do for my job now is I do training. I, I train people now um, in the industry that I work in and it forces you when, when you have to actually teach somebody how to do something, it forces you to stop and think about how do you actually do that thing and am I doing it the right way so that I can teach this other person the correct way to do it. So, I'm teaching people in my, my day-to-day work how to do a job that I've been doing for the last 10 years nearly, but that doesn't mean that I've been doing it the right way for those last 10 years. So, I have to stop and think about, okay, I'm going to teach this person how to do this thing. How's What's the correct way to do it and then how do I teach it and, and then how do I assess whether they actually understand it and that sort of thing. And, and that's something with this magic stuff, it's kind of good for like me and, and Cracker and Chris and, and Chewy when we when we want to uh, tackle one of those topics, which we haven't done as much as we wanted, but when we do, you have to actually stop and go, 
oh, okay, do I actually know what I'm talking about? <laughs> am mm. I am I prepared to get on a podcast where who who knows how many people around the world are going to listen to it? Seven. And- yeah, <laughs> it's, it's much more than that. It is. <laughs> Which I'm very, very glad yeah, to say. <laughs> thank you, everybody. Just, you know, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we didn't expect but yeah, that am, am I prepared to put myself out there and, and give this knowledge and, and is it going to be right? So, it makes you actually think. So, it's not only is us is it helping you improve your game, it's helping us by reflecting on, on how we do things. So, that's a, that was an unexpected side to, yeah, to sort of awesome. starting this podcast mm. that I've really enjoyed. But uh, yeah, it's, it's. I'm glad that you've had a good year and uh, that you've enjoyed yourself and you have improved. We have seen some improvements, but hopefully, there's many more to come. In, I would uh, like in the to future think so. <laughs> I <would> hope so. <laughs> so next year, goals. What have we got for Scott? There's uh, our one and only well, for, for GP. Starters, he has to learn to play a black deck. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll put that out there now. Yeah, so Go we on. do have a GP in, in Sydney in October, I think it was. Yep. So that's mm. that's a long way away. We can definitely plan for that and put that in the calendar now. I had a look at that um, the other night. I was telling my wife about it, and it's the weekend after PAX. And I thought, okay. okay. So, and and straight away, I thought in the past, I would have discounted it. I would have thought, no, nah, it's too close to PAX. PAX gets priority. But now I'm thinking, I could do two. I could go yep. PAX one weekend and just take two weeks off and just crash, <laughs> crash up to Magic the Gathering. So, or you could work in between. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa. Whoa, silly talk. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, like, like. I, uh, at this time a year ago, if you'd put the same thing to me, you know, if we'd been sitting around having dinner one night and you said, hey, you want to come to the Sydney thing, I would have looked at PAX and said, nah, it's, it's a weekend after PAX, I won't be bothered because usually yeah. after PAX, I'm, I'm, I'm really knackered. But, um, but yeah, now I'm dead keen to go and right. uh, do Good. both. Yeah, well, that's that's a goal for next year, get your, get you to uh, the Grand Prix. Whether, whether you play the main event or not, that's, that's another question, but we can sort of uh, assess that as you get closer. But... I know you've sort of mentioned quite a few times about wanting to get down to your local store and playing some F&M. You, mm. Is that still on the cards for early next year? Oh, yeah, definitely. I wanted to do oh. it actually before Christmas, but just finding time between uh, over the last few weeks has just been impossible. So Yeah, this, I mean, this my, time of year is crazy. Yeah, this time of year. So my objective before the end of the year is to play Commander with you guys um, yeah. uh, down in Geelong. So I'd, yep. I'd love to do that this week uh, over the next few weeks or next – what? Oh, a week and a half it is, I think. Yeah. 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 So, we're, our, our next podcast is scheduled for the 2nd of January and pretty much everybody on this podcast will all be down in Geelong except for Scott, but he lives not, not too far away from Geelong far. and we will be playing a fair amount of Commander, I would say, over that period. So, yeah, it'd be great to um, to have you down there and play some Commander because I don't you, you haven't really played commander before have you nope i bought my deck a, a, couple, a couple of months ago it's okay. been sitting in a box and that's about it <laughs> and uh so well, i'll get, get that thing me. in some sleeves but uh yes i'll be bringing that with me so uh but no i'd love to do that and then yeah in next year uh as we move into uh, the new year definitely i would like to do some friday night magic i've spoken to the guys down there a few times about it and they keep every time i go in there to buy you know a single or or just to buy a Warhammer thing. I was like, oh, we haven't seen you on a Friday yet. And I have to walk out with my head hung low. <laughs> so they're, they're very much aware that uh, that I want to go for a Friday night magic. And yeah, yeah, I hope, hope to do that next year. Yep. Well, you've nearly finished putting together your decks. So you're going to really just be out of excuses soon as to why you can't attend. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll have a commander deck as well. So there's really no excuse. Yep. Yep. 
Uh, very good. And we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll be running a few drafts and things next year. So we'll be uh, making sure the invite gets out to you and hopefully you can make your way across the bridge and come mm. and do some drafts. Yeah, we, um, haven't actually, we haven't done a store draft in a long time either. We should do that no. next year. Mm. Yep, definitely need to do that. So, anything else you wanted to touch on, Scott, while we're still sort of going through your blaster watch? I think this is the longest blaster watch we've ever had. Longest one ever. Uh, <laughs> no, I think I think that's probably it from my yeah. end of the end of the river. Yeah, very good. Well, uh, yeah, we we have had we we sort of mentioned it already um, with the the advent of arena this year that it's given us the capability to run events or uh, play in events like this Mogul Challenge. So, thought we'd just sort of touch on that, seeing as the finals were, uh, well, it's a couple of weeks ago now. Or, no, last weekend yeah. was the uh, was the finals. So, Cracker, I know you watched a little bit of, of yeah, the stream. Yeah, I got to catch quite a bit, actually. I spent a big chunk of Saturday morning uh, tuning in to see what was going on. I thought yeah. they did a really good job. Casters did well. Um, was a really slick presentation from the way that the, the actual stream was run. So props to Mogul. Um, and yeah, some interesting games. You know, it was um, was pretty sweet. It was a, a good mix of you know. I think we kind of ran through all the different players and, and what they were yeah, on. Yeah. So um, yeah, no, I thought it was a, a pretty tidy event. Did you manage yeah. to catch some of it? Yeah, I watched pretty much all of it. Um, yeah, sort of missed a few bits here and there, and then my internet was being slow. So. That, uh, yeah, made me miss a couple of matches, but yeah, pretty much got to watch most of it. And yeah, same thing. I was, I was really impressed that, like, I, I sort of got to see behind the scenes, I guess, with the, the Discord channel that they had running for, um, for the event and how they organized it through that with, with different people in different channels and things like that. And, and it seemed, to be honest, quite easy to, to structure and to do, um, a stream like that. So maybe next year, sometime, who knows, but it would be good. Um, to uh, to try and host something like that at, at some stage, um, yeah, and, and have you know a couple of us on there commentating over some people playing matches, and yeah, it could be it could <laughs> be a bit of fun. But it was um, yeah, it was very well done. The, the commentators did a great job, and yeah, the event was was great. And uh, congrats to Ryan Cubitt. He uh, he took it down. He stuck with his Mardu Knights deck. He'd he'd played the Mardu Knights through the top thirty two playoffs and and got up got up there in the top thirty two. Uh, or sorry, in the, into the top eight. Then he then top aided the Grand Prix in Brisbane with Mardu Knights, and uh, yeah, now he's taken down the Mogul event. So, believe the cleave, man. Yeah, <laughs> that is <laughs> right? the same. That, the, that was the tagline. <laughs> he had an awesome uh, cartoon that someone did on his Twitter of a rotting regisaur holding an ember cleave. It's amazing. <laughs> like, <laughs> shout out to whoever did that art. Brilliant yeah. work. Loved it. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's interesting because the like the other event that we had, which we'd sort of mentioned on the previous cast that was coming up, was the Mythic Championship, Mythic Championship Seven, mm-hmm. and the big thing that was absent from that whole Mythic Championship was aggro decks. Uh, no, nobody went. Yep, aggro is the way to go. There, there might have been a couple of gruel decks, but no aggro, like like real aggro. So oh, that's no fun. It's very interesting that like that Ryan. I mean, obviously he's a very good player, as we've mentioned previously, but that he was able to do so well in three events over that period of time with the aggro deck. So it's um yeah interesting. I don't I don't really know what to make of it. Maybe it's it's just his play skill, or he just knows the deck really well, but. Yeah, I, I've tried a few aggro decks on the arena ladder and I haven't had much success. So, I mean, again, that could be my play skill. <laughs> I, <laughs> probably, I really pro- like probably it. Probably is my play skill. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, the fact that he was able to make such a hard read on 
what the expected format was. You know, everyone's been talking about the fact that it's, oh, it's a two-deck meta game, and there's just, you know, the Fires of Invention decks and the Cat Food decks. And he obviously went, well, no one's getting on board before turn three in any meaningful way. And if I can get a beatdown going and then, you know, have Embercleave to punch through the last few points of damage or whatever, like, that's awesome. And it, I really like it because it just means that the consensus uh, of what the best decks are in the format doesn't mean that the format is, like, solved. And that's one of the things that people complain about and because people complain, in case you haven't noticed, <laughs> um, particularly about Arena and Standard this year is that it's getting solved, in quotes, too fast. And it's it's cool to see that people are like, well, is it though? And and the same thing happened at the MC, right, with a couple of the, um, like the Simic Flash deck, which was a, a different take on that, which basically no one had seen before. That was one of Seth's crazy inventions where it was- um, Yeah, Seth Manfield. Yeah, Seth Manfield, you know, something- Hall of Fame, something, I don't know. He's, <laughs> World champion. He, yeah, he, he does it right, that guy. Uh, yeah. And, you know, playing like Paradise, Paradise Druids in Anissa's um, and Hydro Crisis in a, in a mostly kind of flash deck was a, a really interesting innovation. It kind of, it put the three guys that took it to the MC, put them yeah, all in yeah. the top so eight. Yeah, so Seth, like sort of listening to the, the podcasts from the various guys that, that did it, yeah, it was like Seth Manfield- created the deck or I don't know if he sort of got it from somebody else, but he he finalised that deck and he gave it to Brad Nelson and uh, Javier Dominguez and basically just said, play this deck. And and they just went, sure, you're Seth Manfield. <laughs> you know what you're talking about. And, yeah, all three of them. So the three people that, that played that deck made it into the top eight of the Mythic Championship. So with Brad Nelson making it all the way into the finals and uh, unfortunately coming second again. Uh, as he's yeah. done already once this year. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the deck was very, very impressive, the the Simic Flash deck. It just – it had that right combination of being able to run some main deck counter spells and always have that threat of a counter spell. And, and Scott, this is something you've probably uh, noticed in your mono blue deck that you've been playing, or I guess if you're playing against it, and this is something you need to learn with playing that deck, is you passing your turn with your mana open – and playing a deck where you can play a whole bunch of different things at instant speed means your opponent really has to think about what they're doing. So mm. you might not have a counter spell, but they don't know that. So they have to respect that you may have a counter spell. And so this Simic Flash deck was able to do that. It could represent, okay, I've got Mystical Dispute, or I might have a Quench, or I might have a, what's the Mystic Snake? What's that one called? Frilled Mystic. Frilled Mystic. I might have a Frilled Mystic. And then if I don't have any of those or you don't cast a spell, well, then I'm just going to cast my uh, Wolf, Flash Wolf. What's the Flash Wolf called? Man, I'm blanking on names tonight. That's the one. I think I need to be sacked as a host again. <laughs> uh, that, that, that's, um, that's one thing that I, I think I mentioned it a couple of podcasts ago. Um, you may not have been here that night. Um, that, that's one thing I have learned with that particular deck is that it's okay to leave your mana open and go into the opponent's turn. And that's yes. actually one of the fun things about that particular deck is going into their turn with all your mana available and having a whole bunch of cards in your hand that you can play during their turn. Yeah. Um, and, it's, that's, yeah. that's one of the, one of the first things like the, I guess people call them level up moments that people have when they're playing magic and they go from that, kitchen table casual player to 
that that kind of next step up and it's learning to play things at instant speed and this is something that you and I I know like pre- in, at previous Christmases we've played a couple of games of magic and you would always play your spells in mm. just just on your turn Straight you know away. you would you would yeah. cast a lightning bolt you'd cast shocks whatever on your turn mm. and the thing that you need need to learn and that that sort of step and I guess that's probably what you're learning now is in magic, you, you want to do, you want to have your reaction or you, you want to make your reaction at the last possible second that you can so that you have the maximum amount of information. So yeah. that's why you'll see people do things always at the end of their opponent's turn when they have instant speed things because they want to go through your whole turn and see exactly what you do and see if they want to react to any of those things. And then when they get all the way to the end of your turn and they go, no, nah, that's okay, I didn't need to react to any of those things, now it's the end of your turn. Okay, well, right before it's my turn, I'm going to now cast such and such spell, Lightning Bolt or, or Shock or, or whatever it is, or cast one of your Flash creatures from your Mono Blue deck. And that's that's something that takes a, a little while for people to learn. And it's all just about collecting as much information as you possibly can before you cast that spell that you need to, and and I know Cracker, you would have you would have learnt that as well in in sort of early days of you learning to play Magic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember one of the first decks that I um, I started playing was back in the back in the Mirrodin block because you know <laughs> we've been playing for a while now. And there's a card called Atog, and you could sacrifice an artifact, and it would get like plus one plus one until end of turn. And so I would go to my like turn because what were phases and i would like sacrifice a bunch of artifacts to this thing and then attack right and then it would get blocked and i'd be sad because you know how could i possibly not have seen that they were going to block or whatever i was like oh no i can attack and then sacrifice things later if i need to so it's Mm. just there there are those kinds of things that yeah it's it's awesome it's fun to to pick up on that stuff we we spent a bit of time chatting about how much fun tempo decks were last cast yeah and just uh you know how good they are to kind of make you respect what's going on yeah, just just yeah. thinking about it i can't remember the last time that i actually played a shock during my turn anymore good like to me it's a it's a card i hold on to now for either their turn would be crowd control whatever i'm using it for or i'll keep it just for for the fatality shot at the very end yeah um good. It's, uh, yeah so yeah i mean it's something like when when we were practicing for the mcq that you went and played when you played the the mono red goblins mm. uh, a line that we saw you take a couple of times in just in practicing was you would have a mog fanatic so a mog, mog fanatic is a one mana one one uh, and you can sacrifice it to deal one damage to any target and you would play your mog fanatic and then you would just sacrifice it just to deal one damage to your opponent mm. for no reason yeah um, and that's that's something where you go no 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 like if you keep that creature on the battlefield it's useful you can continue mm. to attack with it you can continue to do one damage per turn just just with attacking with it or if your opponent gets to the point where they have blockers that uh, you can't get through well then he then becomes a blocker for you or you can attack with a bigger creature and if they block with a certain creature you can then sacrifice your mog fanatic to deal the one damage to that creature just to sort of finish it off. So mm. it's those sorts of little things where you need to have a reason for what you're doing. And when you're playing at kitchen table level, you kind of just play your cards. That's that's what you're doing. And Cracker, you'd find the same thing when you're playing with, with Estella and I find mm-hmm. the same thing with, with Ebony. Like my daughter, she's just playing her cards and she's playing everything in her main phase and there's no real thought to 
when or why you do things. And that's, yeah, it's a, for all the competitive players out there, this is super basic stuff. And, and they're probably listening to this going, why the hell are you talking about something like this? But as we said, the, the largest proportion of magic players are not <laughs> competitive players. Yeah. And this is the sort of stuff that helps them, helps them level up. So. Yeah, and that's that's what this all spawned from this Simic Flash deck. That's exactly what that Simic Flash deck was doing. It it allows you to play everything at the last possible moment, moment and make your opponent think about everything that they do. And I, I've been playing a fair bit on Arena this week, and I've seen this Simic Flash deck everywhere. I've, I've played against it a ton of times, and it's so frustrating. <laughs> you have so many turns where you go, all right, I've got five mana, I've got a Nissa, I'm ready to go, and you've got three mana untapped, which means you probably have Mystical Dispute. Okay, I'm just going to pass the turn, and you just keep passing, and they go, oh, okay, you didn't cast anything, all right, here's a Nightback Ambusher. And, oh, okay, great, now they're just starting to pump out uh, wolves every three turn. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's very frustrating, and, and you can go over the top of those decks, but Sometimes they just cast that that night pack ambusher on four, and uh, that just takes over the game, and you die. So, yeah, good good fun. But uh, did you either of you guys get to catch much of the Mythic Championship? So that was no. a couple of weeks ago now. I, I did catch a fair bit of that as well, actually. Yep. Had a, yeah, same same for me. I watched watched heaps of it. Yeah. Uh, again, we, we've kind of raved about these arena only tournaments this year. Um, just another slick slick production. Did a, a really good job of, uh, you know, presenting things. And because it was uh, not 70% of the one deck, then, you know, it was was really sweet to just be able to see these interesting matchups and, and new decks. So, yeah. Yeah, it was, it. A, it was a fairly diverse metagame. Um, yeah, there was Except no- for the no aggro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just- I've got the- I've got the, uh, the lists in front of me and, yeah, there's basically no- yeah, there is no aggro at all. Um, there's adventure decks, which are not really, not so really aggro a, decks. There was a red-black sacrifice deck, which was probably the most aggressive leaning one I can yeah. think of. But it got absolutely curb stomped. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, there's, yeah, there's one with one win, there's one with four wins, and I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But anyway- but uh, yeah, the, I guess the story of the the event is Nissa. Like, people have been saying for a while that Nissa is quite powerful, and it is. It, Nissa is a, a very powerful card, but I, I I don't think it's too powerful. I think it is just that right amount. It, it probably should have been a mythic um, rather than a rare, but I guess that doesn't really matter in constructed all that much. I mean, she's an honorary mythic, I think, at this stage. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, the tournament was taken down by Piotr Glogowski. Glogowski, however you say that. Uh, canister, you say. Yeah, you say canister that. is uh, he's a very notable. Uh, was previously Magic Online streamer, but uh, yeah, streams a bit of arena now. But he he's a uh, in the MPL. He was already in the MPL, I believe, and yep, he's definitely he in the MPL next year. Uh, but yeah, he played the Jun Sacrifice deck, so the, the deck that I'd been playing. Uh, to not very much success through the mogul tournament. His, the big difference for him was that he ended up going with a few copies of Corvold, uh, two in the main and one in the sideboard with a couple of Massacre Girls. So I'd, I'd ended up off both of those, uh, which I guess I was wrong. <laughs> Uh, four casualties of war in the main deck and also running three Beanstalk Giants. So 
I have actually played a few games with his deck, and yeah, the Beanstalk Giant is quite good. It uh, yeah finds you finds you your lands that you need, and then sometimes you just get to seven mana and you just cast a massive massive giant. So yeah, the deck is quite good, and and watching his matchups, it yeah it was it was very powerful, and and he played it very well. He's obviously a a very good player. So he didn't lose. No, so he had a. He, he, he won he his MPL split. split. He, he did. So he went to day two, but he went ten o. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's a, like it's yeah. The format's a little bit different to it a is. normal a normal the event. structure. You mean? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's what I mean. But still, yeah, not not losing a single match was uh, yeah. It's pretty impressive. He did lose mm-hmm. games. Uh, he didn't. Sure. It's not like he didn't sure. didn't lose a single game. Uh, but yeah, not not losing a match is pretty cool and. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he had a quality acceptance speech, as Canister tends to do when they gave him his trophy, in which he mm-hmm. asked if one of his prizes was that KCI was getting unbanned. So, unfortunately, <laughs> our resident KCI apologist is not here tonight. But, uh, yeah, obviously, Canister is a man after after Chewy's heart. But uh, I don't like his chances of getting that off the modern ban list. No, I don't think so. No. he but- He's actually- um, That's kind of where he- Got a real break from. He was one of the guys, along with Matt Nass, that really pushed that um, that whole deck and, yeah. and to the point where it did get banned. And that was only this year. <laughs> can you can you believe that? Like, and, and kind of. I, I guess you want to move on to the rest of the year and yeah, review yeah. now. And yeah. so uh, we were talking obviously about bans and how they impacted Scott and how many they were. But this year is, well, I want to say, unprecedented yeah. in the amount of bans that we had. Um, I might just run through them real quick because I won't worry about which formats there were, but there was KCI, Faithless Looting, Bridge from Below, Altar of Dementia, Hogak. Uh, then there was also, you see, I've got the list here, Field of the Dead, Oko, Once Upon a Time, Veil of Summer. There's all the stuff that's been banned in Pioneer, which we've talked about recently. Um, it's it's kind of nuts. Ren and Six got banned in Legacy. Um, yeah. It's a lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot. When you look at the the last couple of years prior to that, I don't, I can't think of many or any. It was like there was Sensei's top in Legacy in like twenty seventeen or sixteen or something, and there was, um, you know, some of the Dredge stuff a little while before that. But yeah, it's it's been a powerful year for Magic sets to say the least. You know, yeah. like Mo- Modern Horizons, um, and then. You know, the whole, um, what was the block of War of the Spark and then Throne of Eldraine. And, and we were just talking about this before where, you know, Wizards have, have come out and said, look, we're, we're aiming for nines in a power level out of 10, right? And sometimes we're going to miss and we're going to hit 11s. And I mean, they missed a lot. <laughs> yeah, this- what, what do they mean by that? So, in terms of the, if you look at a set like um, the Ixalon block, did you play Ixalon, Scott, with all the dinosaurs and vampires? No. Okay. So, that was only, oh, and was that last year? Yeah, was that st- it would have been last two, year. Two years ago, because it just rotated oh, out. Oh, man. That's gone I think, I, think I, I bought the set, but I never played it. Right. So, basically, it, what it means is... Um, Every set that they release is somewhere on a power level and, you know, like 10 being like maximum ultimate power level and one being, you know, like uh, all basic lands or something along those lines. And so, um, Wizards has has always gone through these progressions where they'll release sets that will increase in power level to a certain point and then they'll 
they'll bring it right back down again. Um, so, you know, the ones that sort of spring to mind because that was when I was playing was, you know, like the Dark Steel Mirrodin blocks where they released all these crazy powerful artifacts and then it was followed up by like the Kamigawa block, which is notoriously underpowered. And so what I mean by underpowered is like you'll you'll have a creature that's a 3-3 that costs six mana and has no relevant upside as opposed to like rotting registrar right which is a three mana seven six or something like that and so it's where wizards have gone we're going to increase the power and toughness of cards or like just um like questing beast right yeah what is it a four four, <laughs> four, mana, four four yeah vigilance haste death touch mm-hmm. yep. can't be blocked by creatures of power two or less yep keep going Damage can't be prevented uh, when yep. it deals damage to a player. It deals that much damage to a planeswalker as well, right? Yep. What Ooh. is that? <laughs> it took five minutes to read the text off that card. Yeah. So, so that is what they mean by power level. And so, that's where they're aiming at a nine or a 10 or however they want to put it. So, it's it's been increasing for the last few sets. And War of the Spark with all of the planeswalkers, you know, like little Teferi and Narset and, you know, like some of those cards were, were super, super powerful. And then, you know, um, Throne of Eldrain has really pushed things beyond that. And and you've seen that in the bands with, you know, like Once Upon a Time and Veil of Summer and Oko, right? They've they've all just been banned in Standard and in all of them in Pioneer now as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like that's where Wizards is trying to aim things. So, it's it's been really interesting to watch. And, and like Modern Horizons is obviously a whole different thing, but very much the same as well. Where they've got like Urza and... Um, you know, Hogak and, you know, like some of these other super powerful things that they pushed into the set. So, um, it's been a, it's been an exciting year for Magic. <laughs> so, just as a, 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 a totally uneducated question here, but is it, um, is it because the design and the playtesting has been poor over the last 12 months or is it just that the Wizards are now just being a little bit more assertive, a bit more aggressive with their bannings than they were before? So, there's a combination of things, I guess. One is because they're aiming to be at the very top end of what they would consider, you know, like the power level should be, um, it means that they're going to just like miss. Like with Oko, for example, um, they came out and said, look, we didn't think that the, you know, some of these abilities were going to be as impactful as they have turned out to be in actuality. So, some of it is like they have just a, f- a, a much smaller team, right? They don't have- Yeah, they have their the, play, the mil- play design and play yeah. test team. So, so, they've probably got, I don't know, what, a dozen, maybe 20 people working in R&D and, and play design or something like that. We're not talking- I'd be surprised know, hun- if it's even that many. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, it's, we're not talking hundreds of people or whatever. And so- with with the res- with the constraints on the resources they have, it means that when they, they push these cards, um, sometimes they just don't find the interactions that the hive mind of, of a million competitive magic players, like ignore all the rest of them, right? Like these are just the people who are trying to find these cards and break them, right? That's that's what we're trying to do. You, you release a set onto Arena and within, I would imagine probably within a day, more matches have been played with those cards than probably the total that they did in playtesting. <laughs> I reckon yeah. in the first six hours, man. Yeah. So, Seriously. it's and very similar then to software development and games development. They, yeah. they, they will play well, it, I mean, game it is. For, that is what they're ages. doing. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, and so, the, the and so that's why getting- people find bugs in Arena and stuff like that. And, like, it's just the the mass of 
you know, that, that it's forced through is just so much volume that these things just get squeezed out. And so then Wizards is forced to, you know, take action. Yeah. The, it, the thing you is. get in software design and, and game design, like as in video game design, is they will release like closed betas of a game to get hundreds and thousands of people or however many people playing their games and trying to break them and finding what's wrong with them and all that sort of stuff before it gets released to the public. The issue that Wizards has and, and the issue it has always had is it is a physical card game that gets printed on cards that they have to finalise, I don't know, like six plus months before the set actually gets released. So often yeah, they're, they're working years in advance. Yeah, so they're, they're like they're designing a set two years in advance and then it goes through all their processes and whatever and then it gets finalised and goes, right, this is the set and it goes into production and then it gets released yeah, six, eight, ten months later or whatever it is. So, they're, they're constantly moving on. They don't get that chance to release a set to the public to test it and, and that makes it hard. And, and so, a game like Hearthstone, which we don't really talk about on here, they have the ability because it's a digital-only game where they can errata cards. And you like Scott, you've been a Hearthstone player. I don't, don't mm. know if you play it at yeah. all anymore, but- I know when I was playing it for a while, you would have a deck that would just be too powerful and be too too strong in the metagame. And so, Blizzard would just come in and go, all right, this card is now changing from this cost to this cost or this ability's changed to this or whatever and done, yeah. fixed they, and they pro- problem it. solved. Yeah, yeah, they nerf things. Yeah, yeah but yeah. Wizards can't do that. <laughs> they're, they're bound to physical cards that have been printed and they've been designed well in advance and- yeah, it's always going to be a problem. So, like Cracker's saying, when they're when they're aiming for their sets to be powerful, they're going to miss things every now and then, and you're going to end up with cards that they didn't realize were so powerful. And and yeah, a card like Oko, if you look at a card like Oko and you change its Planeswalker ability costs to say plus one create a food, minus one turn a creature or an artifact into an elk and then just leave the minus five the same as it is, that card would not be broken at all. It would actually be a- It would probably still be a, a really good card. It but would it be would, highly played, but more yeah, balanced. But it would be- You could deal with it because rather than it coming in and going straight to five loyalty, you, it comes in and it turns something into a three-three, and it's down to two loyalty. And if if they don't have a blocker, well, then you just attack it and kill it. So, it's it's easier to deal with. And that, that's what they miss when they when they go through, like they're doing their testing. And, and, and sometimes, like I've heard stories for, of testing where, and the classic one is Skull Clamp. Yeah. <laughs> which <laughs> Skull Clamp is a card that's, it's an equipment from, what is it, Mirrored and Block again? Yep. That gives a creature plus one, minus one. And when the creature it's equipping dies, you draw two cards. So, what you do with that, with that equipment is you just equip it to creatures with one toughness and they die straight away and you just draw two cards. <laughs> so, so, like, uh, no, one, no I, one uses Skull I, Clamp to actually pump up their creatures. But no. the story is that they- in it with my commander deck, Scott. Yeah. The story is that, that last minute, like, it used to be plus one, plus one or something yeah. like that. And then last minute somebody went, oh, no, that's too powerful. And they just changed it to minus one thinking it was a downside when in reality that made it even better. So, they're going to miss things like that and-, and that's, yeah, when they're aiming for powerful sets, we're going to get banning. So, it, it might be something that we're just kind of strapping in for for, <laughs> for however long. I don't know. Kind of. But the reason that they're doing these powerful sets is that they're exciting, 
right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And and like it's it's because that if you look at a bunch of sets where the creatures are are boring and slow and the games take, you know, 80 turns for someone to win because it's just, you know, there are no super pushed effects, then like that's not interesting. Nah, and no so one I think one of the one of the reasons that we we're seeing this and this is just like tinfoil hat stuff because why not? Um <laughs> One of the reasons there's been a bunch of push sets recently is Arena. And if you are trying to introduce a whole new um, spectrum of people to this card game, right, it needs to be exciting. Things need to happen. And so, that's why there's splashy effects for the, the mythics when you cast them. And that's why they have these big, powerful effects. Like... No one wants to see Soul Shift again, right? Like those kind of old mechanics that were slow and like intricate. And from like a game design perspective, they're probably really clever, right? And, and you know, kind of cool. But at the same time, they aren't, um, you know, super engaging from like a spectator point of view. Yeah. And, and, they're, and they're now not that as intuitive and things like that. Yeah, absolutely that too. And so, I, I can't help but think, and there's been, you know, like conspiracy theories because of all like the best of one that's now huge in Arena is having these cards that have multiple different modes. So, take a card like um, Night of Autumn, right? Which has three different options for when you cast it as to what it does because, you know, that would normally be like a creature and a sideboard card, but they just kind of put two or three things on there all at once. So, I think- I can't help but think that, like, by pushing this kind of thing where they go, well, we're, we're moving into direct competition with these, you know, in esports where you've got, like, Dota and League and all this sort of stuff where there's lots of things happening all the time really quickly and, and people are kind of used to that interaction that if you just come out with a b- bunch of, you know, Goblin Pikers and stuff like that, then who, who's going to sit and watch that when there are so many other options around? So Scott I- will. If, if it says Goblin in its creature tag, then you watch it. <laughs> if it's red on there. No. <laughs> if it's red on there. Yeah. yeah I, I like it. We should get that on a T-shirt. Uh, but anyway, that's that's just my- And, and look, it, it, clearly, you know, they're, they're saying, look, this is what we're doing and we're going to run with it for a while. So, I guess, you know- I don't hate the bands, you know, I, like we were saying before, because we we, we play a lot of arena um, or, you know, we, we have access to other cards. It's it's not a huge impact to us, but I do appreciate that for some people it's, um, you know, challenging having yeah, all these bands and things. But it, it is the trade-off that we have to just accept, I think. Yeah. If we want the- powerful sets, we have to understand that that comes with a risk. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I, I would much prefer that they design exciting sets with powerful cards and then they're a bit more liberal with banning cards when they need to than being scared of banning cards and having bad formats, which is what we've seen over the last couple of years where a couple of cards have just been too powerful and have dominated the format and nothing's been done about them. And you're just waiting and waiting and waiting. Oh, I can't wait till this card's no longer in standard and then I can start playing again. And and I don't, I don't enjoy that at all. Um, it is definitely a feel-bad if you're heavily invested in in paper and you know you you just went out and bought your deck and you paid a couple hundred bucks for your four Ocos and then uh, it gets banned, but if you're that sort of person that is lashing out and buying cards like that, you're probably a competitive player who should be aware of the metagame and what's going on anyway, and be aware of the risks. There's there's not many casual players like yourself, Scott, that would go, oh yeah, I'm just going to build this deck because I like it. 
and just go and drop 600 bucks on on a bunch of standard cards that's that's just not going to happen so the people who are spending that money are people who are invested in magic they know what's going on and and so it, it, it probably shouldn't really affect them that much and yeah it's not it's not really I, affecting me yeah i i completely agree i think that there's a lot of like outrage that gets displayed about <laughs> no, just, how many like, times have just, we mentioned that tonight? <laughs> well, a whole lot because it's just going to be mean, a whole and, bunch and, of people that are outraged after listening to this podcast. At us. <laughs> yeah, we, we lose a lot of viewers, right? <laughs> listeners. But you know, like, emails are cracker. Yeah, 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 go for it. Yeah, it's fine. Up on Tweet at me, <laughs> Joel Hill underscore at me. <laughs> um, but yeah, you you know this card is busted, and that's what seeing huge amounts of playing standard expect now that there are consequences for that. And and you can't say from the last, you know, two years that there's no precedence because Wizards have shown that they are now very willing to throw the hammer around when they need to. Yeah. So, and I think that's a good change for the game. I would rather really that, do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what I'd like to say. And it, like we've seen that with, as we've said, like we've had three mythic championships in the last two months or something like that. Mm-hmm. All three of those have been in the same format. So, they've all been standard, but- no sets have been released in between any of those three uh, Mythic Championships. Which is an interesting choice in yeah, its which own is, right. Which is really weird from Wizards, but anyway, we won't talk about that. But what we've had is in between each one of those Mythic Championships, we've had bannings. And so, yeah. every one of them has been different. We've seen different decks and different metagames and different strategies, and, and it's actually good. <laughs> like it makes really yeah, good great. viewing. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm fine with the bans continuing and- yeah, I, I really only buy a deck, like a physical deck, when I know I have a tournament coming up and I usually purchase the cards like within two weeks of that tournament. So, the chances of them getting banned is, is pretty slim. And if it is a deck that I think, oh, yeah, I reckon this one's going to cop it, well, then I'll just play something else. So, yeah, it's not, not a huge issue. So, 2019, the year of the bannings, the year of the broken cards being printed and uh, who knows what we're going to get in 2020. One thing We've I do, set coming out yeah. Too, one yeah. thing I do know is there's going to be yeah. a new set, <laughs> lots of new sets. But uh, yeah, we do have Theros. We've mentioned it before. So, uh, Cracker, you, I don't think you yeah. played during Theros, did you? No. So when I really started paying a, pl- paying attention to Magic and watching like um, coverage again and and like YouTube, um, Theros was still legal in standard, um, and so that was like the. What was the set immediately after? It was Khans, wasn't it? Yeah. So, I started playing in Fate Reforged? Yep. I think. So, Theros no, was Dragons still legal. Of yeah. So, so, when I was interested in it, there was like, um, there were the like um, Sadisi Whip decks. Yeah, yeah. And Elspeth was still one of the big finishers. And then there was like that whole thing. So, I missed the Devotion yep. era same, same of things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so whenever that was, yeah, um, so I, was, so, uh, yeah, I started playing yeah. again about the same time, and, and yeah, same thing. It was it was sort of just getting the tail end of the heroic decks and the yeah the Sadisi decks and that sort of thing, yeah. but yeah, not really in the full mono blue and mono black devotion and, and all that no, sort of no, stuff. No, no, I didn't, so, I didn't see any of that kind of thing. So Theros is a set, yeah, it's a, it's a world that we've been to before, yeah, like four or five years ago now, mm-hmm. and it's based on Greek mythology, so. There are gods in the set, and and the gods are done in an interesting way, uh, which we hadn't seen before. In that they're enchantment creatures, so they're they're actually an enchantment 
unless you meet a certain condition and then they become a creature. Um, and they're they're all indestructible, and they they all have they they all have a they're really sweet. Yeah, they have a static ability usually, which is something that always applies. And then if they're a creature, they they sometimes have another ability. So it's a really cool concept. But yeah, it's all based on Greek mythology. So you get um, yeah a lot of those sorts of themes through the sets. So I don't know if it was a super popular um, set, but I know Elspeth, who is the the main uh, I guess good person. Uh, that's going to be in this set is a very highly regarded planeswalker. There was a, a six mana Elspeth that was very powerful, but yeah, in in the previous story, Elspeth actually died, so we haven't seen Elspeth since since then. And there was always a lot of a lot of speculation that if if we do go back to Theros, are we going to see Elspeth? And yeah, it turns out we are. There there was a little trailer that got released not long ago with uh, Elspeth. I'm assuming Elspeth was in the underworld. That's what it looks like. She was. Yeah, that's what happened. And, uh, yeah, Elspeth uh, gets confronted with uh, another powerful planeswalker from Theros, which is Ashiok. And Ashiok is a very weird thing that has Being. no head, just a thing of smoke or something. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit strange. Yeah. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google Ashiok, A-S-H-I-O-K, Ashiok. Uh, yeah, very, very strange looking, but, yeah, uh, a blue-black planeswalker. And, uh, yeah, it does a lot of deck manipulation, which is something that Scott is highly against. Uh, a bit <laughs> the of original mill- milling Ashiok. and exiling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this one, yeah, yeah. This, this one, um, the possibility makes it 2-3 that when it attacks or blocks each opponent, like, exiles the top card of their library. And uh, then top two Ashiok- cards. Top two cards, is it? Oh, there you go. And then, like, um, Ashiok's ultimate is to, like... You, play whatever you, creatures you want. You may cast up to three oh, face-up cards from your opponent's uh, your opponent's own from exile without paying their mana cost. So it's a, it's similar to the previous Ashiok in that you're you're exiling cards from your opponent's uh, library, and then at some point you get the ability to cast those cards uh, yourself. So it's it's a really cool mechanic, I guess, or whatever. Like. The way that, that Ashiok always plays. It's Their effect, always, yeah. Yeah, effect. That's the word I was thinking of. Um, it's always very interesting. So, yeah, that's going to be going to be good to see. But, yeah, sort of to, con- to coincide with there was a, a Game Awards event last weekend um, mm-hmm. in which Magic, I don't know, if, I can't even remember if they won any awards or whatever, but they announced or they, they had a bunch of stuff sort of to go along with that. And, and one of the things was the trailer for uh, Theros Beyond Death. Um, and to coincide with that on Arena, there was a an out-of-nowhere special event, which did either of you guys get to play in this Ashiok versus Elspeth event? Uh, yep, yep. Got my three, ca- three packs out of it. Yeah, so. nice. Did you play the white or the, the blue-black? Uh, white. <laughs> you couldn't, couldn't go <laughs> near the blue-black? <laughs> no. <laughs> did you get to play Cracker? No, I didn't actually. No. That's all right. So yeah, it was a it was an event, a free, free entry event, and there was two pre-constructed decks, and you basically got to play as... Uh, like as an Ashiok deck or as an Elspeth deck, and yeah, Elspeth was the mono mono white deck, Ashiok being the the blue black deck, and the decks were very interesting. So they c- contained some new cards that we hadn't seen before from Theros, so that that was cool. But they also contained Power Nine, being Moxes, uh, Black Mo- Lotus, yeah, Black Lotus, <laughs> Ancestral Recall, uh, those sorts of cards, which in paper. Are worth a lot of money, um, thousands and thousands of dollars, 
and I've never got to play with those cards before, so it was really cool. It was it was really interesting. It's like, and I didn't the the first time I played the event, I didn't even know those cards were in there. So I look at my opening hand. I'm, I I played Elspeth as well, and it's like, uh, yeah, a couple of lands. I've got a got a history of Benalia and a and an angel. And what's this artifact? Oh, it's a black lotus. What? It's a black lotus. <laughs> what the heck? And uh, yeah, so that was kind of cool to be able to go turn one black lotus history of Benalia. And uh, yeah, safe to say that game went went pretty well for me but uh <laughs> yeah it was it was interesting and, and it's kind of cool to see that they're doing things like that on arena and that gives me a bit of hope that they we might see things like cube drafts and Ooh. special events like that so Ooh. they also announced the mmo too they did, they did yeah. yeah that's yeah. a good point how did we forget that one yeah so that, that yeah. it got announced uh, probably a couple of years time. ago now i think Oh, sure. <laughs> that they were going to do one. And basically everybody- And it was around the time that Arena was sort of still in beta, or like initial closed beta. And everybody was kind of like, why are you putting resources into this? Put them all into game design and, and Arena and all this sort of stuff. And obviously people don't understand how things actually work. It's not Wizards that's doing any of the work for, for this game. It is uh, Cryptic and what's the other company? Mythic something or other? Uh, Mythic, Yeah. yeah. Um, so they they did uh, the Neverwinter MMO and the Star Trek one, I believe. Um, but yeah, they're they're a very reputable company. So yeah, they actually announced this weekend with the Game Awards that yeah that will be coming and it is going to be called Magic Legends. So if you're an MMO fan out there, then yeah, keep an eye at it. I wouldn't be expecting it for quite a while, but uh, yeah, it's uh, should be pretty cool. Like Wizards has a lot of IP in. Uh, in magic to draw from so it'll be interesting to see sort of what they what they do with that and where they go yeah i was chatting to someone at work about it and they're like why why would they do that and i was like well you you know that like hearthstone is is based on wow and he's like yeah and i was like well ma- magic has got 25 years of being a card game with <laughs> yeah, like, lots with of planes i was like they have more law than anybody yeah it's just they're going the opposite direction and he went Oh yeah, okay, that makes sense now. I was yep. like, yeah, it, it really does. Yeah, it, it it is a little bit strange. I, I don't know how popular it will be, and obviously we'll discuss it when it actually gets released. But I I did play the Neverwinter MMO, and I'll give this one a go for sure. Uh, I signed up for the closed beta. I think you did too. Yeah, same too cracker. But yeah, I did. Yeah. I'll, I'll give it a give it a go. Um, but I mean, I I barely have enough time just to play Arena, so the chances of me actually getting into an MMO is pretty slim. But we'll uh, yeah, we'll see how we go. I figure this is how we get Ronnie into the game, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get us super invested into all the Vorthos, all the the story and stuff. And then you'll be like, oh, have you seen this card I've got over here, Ronnie? Look, it's the same person. <laughs> ah, I got her. Well, she hasn't played a lot of WoW late. So, yeah. I, 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 I don't think um, – I know that when they announced it, they, they announced seven major MMOs coming out next year. Um, and it was in the top five. Um, okay. I, I don't think it'll be a huge game. Cryptic, while they do good games, they don't do AAA games. So yeah, yeah. But it'll still be a game worth looking at. Yeah, I just—it's just hard to know how popular like that style of game is anymore. Like you know, go back five-ish years, five to ten years, and, and MMOs were everywhere. That was that was what mm. you played. Um, they seem to have sort of dropped off. But yeah, I don't know. There, there, might, there might be a big market out there. Obviously, there's enough of a market. They think they're going to get enough of a market to develop a game because I imagine that's not cheap. 
Well, they sort of say that it's going to be, they call it an MMO, but every time, every video I've watched about it, it's more to do with uh, co-oping with other, you, like you create your own planeswalker, which is probably the MMO side of it. Mm. But then after that, you co-op with other created planeswalkers, but not from a, a, a massive multiplayer type perspective. Yeah, okay. So I, I think they're using the term MMO a little bit too loosely. Yeah, right. So we'll, we'll, we'll just wait and see. Yeah, we'll wait and see. But, uh, yeah, I think that's most of the things we wanted to hit tonight. It's, we're sort of starting to get a bit long, so must be uh, about time to wrap it up. So, um, yeah, like, like we said, it's been a good year. I'm very, very appreciative of all our listeners. When we sort of first started this uh, halfway through the year, we thought, well, it'll be really great if we get a couple of listeners and, you know, our wives might have a listen and a couple of friends and whatever, but we're just going to do it anyway. It'll be a bit of fun, but... You know, we've we've got some pretty good numbers of, of our listeners. Uh, we could definitely do with more, so feel free to share us out there. <laughs> we would definitely appreciate that. But, uh, yeah, it's been really fun. We, we yeah, definitely really appreciate people taking the time to, to have a listen and, uh, yeah, sh- spread the word and get in contact with us on Twitter and, and all that sort of stuff. I've, I've never really been a Twitter person, but I've spent quite a lot of time on there now uh, between – you know, posting my own stuff and, and posting stuff for the beans. So it's, uh, it's given me something else to do. Yeah. And, uh, obviously massive shout out to you guys on the cast and the other guys that can't be here. It's, it's been a lot of fun. I've, I've really enjoyed doing this and, uh, hopefully we'll con- be continuing for a while. Um, and I also wanted to thank all of our partners for uh, yeah. <laughs> allowing us to do this and my wife who's currently sitting upstairs and has been told can you please stop streaming stuff so i can <laughs> so she's back to watching just normal tv until we finish this podcast so my we wife definitely still appreciate listened it. to an episode she refuses uh, to oh, come on come on one day i know that's all right estella has yeah. my, my daughter my daughter's been listening to it on spotify so no, very good I've, I've got to give kudos to my wife she's uh, she listens to every episode and she oh, that's awesome and she gets excited when we have new listeners coming on board and we look at the stats and things like that and um even today when we were talking about the um the magic the gathering cards online um just talking to him uh she was over behind my back when all this was happening and she was quite excited about all that as well so so that's good um yeah she's she's happy for our success <laughs> good good to hear it's uh, yeah like i said it's been been a lot of fun i hope you guys have enjoyed doing this cast as well yeah, we'll uh, we'll be looking forward to a big year next year, and we will tackle our uh, our topic list and hopefully get you a bit more educated, Scott. And uh, maybe by the time you get to that Grand Prix in Sydney, you'll be top eighting and maybe even winning it. Who knows? You, you, you know, I will be cosplaying as Chandra, though, don't you? So just- sure. <laughs> Just prepare for that. Uh, um, you've now put that on record, so yeah. we are now expecting yeah. that. <laughs> All right, so we'll we'll wrap it up. Uh, yeah, our next episode should be early in the new year, and we we may do a live one with all, all of us together. Uh, but yeah, keep an ear out for that. Um, yeah, I've, I've had, had a few people sort of mentioned uh, they've been like sort of listening through the Podbean app and things like that. But we are also on iTunes and Spotify and those sorts of things. So if, if you do want to make sure you don't miss any episodes, then make sure you do subscribe on on one of those platforms so you get them every time they come out. Uh, but yeah, if you want to get in contact with us, you can do that in all the usual manners. So you can flick us an email, magicbeanscast at gmail.com. You will find us on Twitter at magicbeanscast. Search for us on Facebook or YouTube. Just look up for Magic Beans Cast or Magic Beans Podcast. 
yeah, and if you want to find me, I am at Peace Inc. Cracker, you are. Joel Hill underscore. And Scott. At uh, The Real Blaster. Very good. We actually nailed it. I think it, I think it's a bit <laughs> easier when there's only three of us here. Maybe, maybe we should just tell Chewie not to come back. What do you reckon? Oh, that's a bit rough. <laughs> I have not missed all the puns, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the tangents. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do us for this week. We wish you all a Merry Christmas. Stay Cheers, safe everyone. over the holidays and look after yourself. And we will see you next year. Yeah. Happy holidays, all. Cheers. Cheers.